In July 2021, two months of rain fell in a single week across parts of Europe. The city of Liège in Belgium declared a state of emergency on July 14th to protect the community as the Meuse River breached its dikes. Xylem Service Solutions was instrumental in flooding recovery efforts, and on this episode of Xylem Solving Water Podcast, I'm joined by Adam Drakeley, Senior Applications Engineer for EMEA at Xylem, and Simon Mathias, Global Product Manager of Dewatering Digital Solutions, also with Xylem, who both have intimate knowledge of the historic flooding in Belgium and the solutions deployed to return Liège back to normalcy. Here's the discussion. Good morning, everyone. I'm Amanda Holloway, host of Solving Water, and I'm delighted to welcome Adam and Simon to the show. Thank you both for your time today. Good morning. Good morning, Amanda. Unfortunately, flooding is fast becoming more and more prevalent around the world, and I think it's educational for our listeners to understand what preparation tactics communities can implement, as well as the solutions available to them after flooding occurs. And so as I typically ask all solving water guests to do, I would like for you to please introduce yourselves and tell our audience a little bit about what your day-to-day is like. Adam, why don't you go first? Yeah, sure. Yeah, so I'm calling from Germany today. I'm calling from our life cycles business. So I'm, I'm here in, in uh, northwest Germany, not far from Hamburg. I'm here to try to elevate our life cycle businesses. So that's rental and service into new markets, all of our products. A big uh, part of the product range is, is Godwin, and a big part of Godwin is uh, field smart technology. Great. Thank you, Simon. Hi, good morning, everybody. Yeah, my name is Simon Matthias. I'm one of the global product managers for the watching division within Xylem. Some of the businesses and customers we serve are within construction, mining, and also disaster responses, providing pumps and associated equipment to ensure that water is removed quickly and safely from all those different kinds of scenarios where, where people don't want it. Particularly the what we wish to talk about today is how that was important in, in the age you know, in a particular big, big flooding incident in, in Belgium. Right. So I was going to start just by helping set the stage for our audience. So Adam, I was going to ask you to sort of help describe to our listeners what happened in July two years ago in the Liège area. Well, it feels like a lifetime ago, right? But um, it's still pretty front and center or prevalent in, in our minds. And we'll get into that. But uh, about two years ago in August time, we had an unbelievable um dry spell here in, in, in Germany and in, in West West Europe. In the space of about two days or three days, we received then two months worth of water. I'm sure lots of people saw in the news um, around the world. West Germany, Netherlands and, and Belgium were, were heavily impacted by this downfall. And so we saw major cities and population centers in Belgium, in the Netherlands and Germany become inundated overnight with water. What was your specific role at that time? Yeah, at the time, I was a um, senior applications engineer um, serving uh, our rental and service business here in Europe. At the time, I was based in the UK and supporting our our, um, service teams across Europe. And what kind of protections were already in place to support the city's resilience to flooding? Yeah, it's a really good question, especially in the case of Belgium and the Netherlands, because these are are countries really renowned for their... um, excellence in water, right? So they, they're very much um, 
ahead of the game in terms of using nature to create natural barriers for flooding and resilience and then and thus creating resilience into the system what we looked at what we had here in in 2021 was essentially a hundred year event so there really was no precedence there really was no data to inform us on how well these these natural defenses would perform um so that's why we saw you know these, these what we'd call unprecedented events really in in belgium and in, in the netherlands and in germany of course so really a, a lot of the infrastructure was knocked out overnight people were left stranded abandoned it really was seen from what what you might say is from a, a developing economy and not something that you'd expect from from western europe so at the time i recall everyone was up on their feet and everyone was quite shocked by um what they were seeing and, and the first question that came to our minds was okay how can we help and what about you, Simon? Where were you when this happened? What was the first thing Xylem did after the river had breached the dikes? Sure, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I was part of the, the dewatering team. Um, I'm based out of the UK. Um, so where, you know, what was happening in terms of the weather patterns in, in Western Western Europe. I just wanted to say that it's, uh, I, I wasn't personally involved in, you know, being on, on site there and responding personally to, to what was happening. A couple of things I would like to mention is that um, Zalem as an organisation as a whole, it's around solving water and what that means in, in this particular instance. And one thing that Zalem's committed to and dedicated to is disaster response and, you know, situations like this, and not just in the areas of Western Europe, but globally, Zalem is committed to disaster response. So it has things in place to to respond to these kinds of things but as, as adam was saying this is very quite unprecedented in you know a a country with what has quite a good infrastructure system and rescue systems the team on the ground the dewatering team this is kind of their daily work in a way um dewatering for our customers across construction mining uh, and, and flood response but this is unprecedented so how do you deal and tackle with tackle that when you know, there's power outages, there's no power. So how do you pump water? There's your sewerage um, spilling into streets. It's not very healthy. There's the thinking around uh, waterborne diseases. You know, lots of people are having to be evacuated out of the city. Um, so the military is involved to remove, you know, and evacuate people and businesses and houses and homes that just absolutely in the, in the dip of the water. And you can't probably imagine this unless... You've, you've probably been there and experienced this, but our teams are dedicated. They go out with a passion to, to solve water on a, on, a, on a regular basis. One thing to add here is that um, with the digital innovations that we've got, we're all seeing in our, our everyday lives, that's able to reduce somewhat the, the hazards, mitigate a little bit those environments that people and our colleagues have, have to work in. So. Yeah, very challenging, but a very dedicated team to understand their pumping systems, which one should work. So in this context, the Godwin pumps, they're diesel operated. So that is essentially where you have no power. They can operate as a standalone unit to pump water when there is no power available. So that was a critical thing that we have in our portfolio within Zyland to respond to these, these, these types of instances. Sure. And just to back up a little bit, this completely unprecedented event in this part of Europe happens. And it wasn't so much that Liège wasn't prepared. It was just an incredible amount of water 
in a very short period of time. Since this was such a, a rare occurrence, how did we respond? What was our response strategy? Like, how did we, what did we do differently? Or what did we recommend to do when we were going in to help dewater the city? I don't know if Simon, you want to take that or you, Adam? I can take that pass initially, but um, you know, Adam was perhaps directly involved there with, with the teams. But I, I think one thing that was perhaps different this time that helped us was telemetry capability, Caulfield Smart Technology, which is fitted to, to our pumps, which takes data from the pump. You know that the pressure, you know the uh, water levels, you know how that engine is operating, uh, you know where it's located because the information coming from the pump and that's something different that we had had available. So people can use information remotely to respond to where pumps are uh, most needed. So maybe the way to think about it is it's the right amount of effort in the right place at, at the right time and doing it a little bit more remotely and, and safely, not having to be directly on site. Just to, to broaden us a little bit, we can see where our pumps are located, perhaps in neighbouring countries or that aren't being used and, and bring those into where they're most needed and have the most impact to, you know, remove water. But maybe, Adam, you can add in there into some of the, the, the details of how those were. Yeah, sure. I think you covered the, um, how digital, should we say, our digital technologies um, were kind of a core part of our strategy or at least um, our decision-making during deployments. Certainly when, when we, we got the news of the flooding um, from, our, from our local partners and uh, technicians, the first thing we did was to to look on our digital systems to see what assets we had available. And generally, Salem has a, a good footprint, yeah, dewatering assets across Europe. So we were pretty much able in real time to identify what assets we had available at that, at that time and how far they were from the affected zones and, and quickly develop a quick deployment strategy um, around this information. Uh, so even before pumps got deployed into flood zones, they were these digital assets were were of value to us. As we got pumps deployed and boots on the ground, you know, these digital assets really came into themselves, I would say. Simon already alluded to, it, it really helped us focus our efforts in the right places at the right time. We were able to monitor in real time and from a safe remote distance, you know, how the water levels were receding, whether pumps need to stay in that location or, and we can make a decision point, right? We, we had that data to make a, a decision as to whether, okay, are these pumps still delivering value in this uh, area or do we need to push them elsewhere? So we could couple that data with, with kind of ground situation reporting from, from our partners and from our technicians to really focus our resources, you know, to bring in new resources into areas that need it more and to, to kind of pull back uh, you know, assets in areas that are, you know, where the flood has been on the broad part abated. We kind of helped in, in two ways in Liège. We helped with the initial dewatering, trying to get that infrastructure back online, get roads cleared out, try to receive the water levels so people can get back to their what's left of their homes, should I say. But also we, we helped kind of, quote unquote, keep the lights on the infrastructure. So our pumps are used um, across many pumping stations, across wastewater treatment plants, just to provide that kind of diesel backup pumping, whilst the, you know, the local water utilities worked day and night to to get you know get the infrastructure back online with with power we work we work hand in glove with the local fire department so typically in europe you know we have a pretty well defined strategy for for responding to disasters normally um you know public organizations respond first and with with the fire department 
but of course these fire departments are really dedicated to frontline emergencies yeah so there is a threshold once once you've immediately abated and mitigated the immediate risk to life really the priority to the public services is to find the next you know risk to life who takes care of business in that in-between zone between you know the fire department taking care of the immediate risk to life and the immediate uh, dewatering efforts between this point and when the power comes back on there could be some time it could be weeks could be days yeah so this is where we really came in and I think our assets uh, and our people really shone. You know, I think that's the story here is we, we, we helped keep the lights on here in Liège for, for the critical two weeks to allow utilities to safely online all of their systems once again. And so um, you said something that stuck out to me and I wanted to touch on it in this conversation, which is our people, right? So the service mm-hmm. and the expertise portion of this, of course, it sounds like field smart technology and having that remote monitoring control capability was a great aid in this situation as it would be in any situation, right? That anytime we can remove people from immediate dangerous situations and still make sure operations are moving appropriately, that's, that's a good thing. I kind of want to talk about sort of the the business side of service and expertise. And then Adam, I'd love for you to give some perspective about our philanthropic side and really what that disaster response and sustainability piece of it is. So from a business side, I'm thinking more about why it's so important that communities consider people and expertise and actual pumping when they're looking at a provider like Xylem that deals with dewatering, but also just rental solutions, service, any kind of service to their to their products. And so I don't know, uh, Simon, if you want to start off by taking that that one. I, I, I think it's critically important. You know, the the expertise, the experience that Xylem has, um, or any organization for that matter, the the knowledge that resides about its products, its services, the people, and how it impacts. Here's get off piece a little bit, but we, we we talk about artificial intelligence and that will that take over our jobs, okay? And people have made, some people may be worried about that, but when you think how we as Zara responded, the teams, the collaboration with emergency services in, in, in Liège, the teams that we brought to bear together, that is fundamentally something that you really is hard to to find and, and, and to replicate. And, you know, when you've got the, the I think, the best of the best there to, to, to serve and provide that uh, unique expertise in, in the field of their knowledge, then it, it's compelling, you know, for any business. And But I think it's, it, it really drives that the benefit to society and those communities to get people back in their homes because they're keeping them safe. So, yeah, it's impactful. I think it's one thing to be able to provide dewatering pumps, and it's an entirely different thing to provide dewatering service and expertise that goes along with it, right? So that we have the equipment, including the technology, but then we also have the people that really understand water specifically and how to ensure that that equipment works the way it's supposed to work. So then, Adam, you said you you work on Austin Alexander's team, which for our audience is a reminder, she's our vice president of sustainability here at Xylem. And um, you have some some different roles and responsibilities as part of that team. 
Yeah, um, yes, exactly. Uh, a long time member of the of the global disaster response team and a proud member, I would say. We've we've had a lot of impact uh, over these last years. We we started our doing uh, well by doing good, should we say, many years ago. I would say I would pick out one particular event in which was the Thai Thai cave rescue in uh, Tam Luang, where really I th I think we proved to ourselves as well as to to the world really the, the true might of Island, you know the this the force of should we say 15 plus thousand people all dedicated to one cause and i think really after this this event in 2018 things kind of snowboard i mean the momentum behind the the philanthropic endeavors or uh, initiative we have here in Island, i just kind of grew and grew and grew and so when Liège came to be, should we say, when, when the floods came in 2021, we were perfectly positioned. You know, we had a really thriving rental business and service business in Europe, but also we had to focus. We had to focus from right to the top, offering, offering our services pro bono. Yeah, so we're, we're unique as a company in the fact that we have this uh, mighty resource. We have a lot of assets to use, but also we have the message right from the top that you, we should be using this for good as well as for, yeah, for business. Yeah, it was a really good time for us in terms of to prove how we can how we can give our services a pro bono in, in a way that uh, helps our communities a bit more closer to home, should we say? Um, typically, our our philanthropic activities are focused on emerging markets, um, Southeast Asia, Africa, and South America. So it was uh, it was kind of interesting. It was kind of cool to to be able to deploy our expertise and equipment a bit closer to home. Awesome. That's really that's great to hear. We're very grateful to have folks like you on the disaster response team globally. So that's awesome. Yeah, it takes um, a village. <laughs> yeah, that's we true. We always say it takes a village. Yes. <laughs> okay, so just a couple more questions here. Wondering if you guys have a perspective on what Liège is doing <laughs> differently to manage its water infrastructure and flooding preparedness after this event. Do either one of you have a, an update on sort of how they've handled things since this has occurred yeah i mean perhaps it, i can i can jump in here amanda seems i'm a little bit closer to to the heat here in in europe um i can't specifically speak for how our local utilities have, and partners have worked uh to to mitigate future flooding in liege this is a complex story it involves massive amount of funding uh massive amount of um involvement uh, but we have seen a, a seismic shift towards um, increasing our, should we say, nature-based barriers in, in, in Europe. So permeable pavements, um, hidden hidden breaker tanks, yeah. so uh, floodplains. Yeah, we're, we're seeing a lot more focus on these things and uh, a, lot more, a lot more inquiries from our clients to support them with these gargantuan projects. What I can speak to is how we've responded, how we've kind of reflected upon on, on the Liège story um, and deployment and how we've got, uh, used that to project um, what we want to do uh, in the future. And uh, one good um, thing to come out of the Liège story was we decided to develop diesel deployment package here in Exilum. And the idea is to, to take our existing dewatering products and to see how we can put them in a box uh, and provide them and strategically place these uh, deployment kits around Europe and around around the world. Um, so we actually specifically looked at the Liège case and, and we, we really looked in detail how the deployment, um, should we say, uh, unfolded, you know, how many assets were used across the city, how long do these assets typically stay in each part of the city, 
did we need to provide additional equipment or additional um, accessories to go with these these diesel deployment assets? Um, and then we we kind of reflected that experience in what we call emergency response in a box. And now we are working closely with all of our regional partners and managing directors across the world to to take this design and to build up these these diesel deployment kits in uh, in various parts of the world for which we'll call forward operating bases. Wow, that's that's really interesting. I can't wait to learn more about that. We should definitely have you guys back to talk more about how that project is moving forward. Simon, do you have thought about what other communities not just in Europe but um across the world can learn from the 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 type of work that was done in Liège? I I think um a couple of things um come out of me here um the first thing is that i think we're all aware that um through climate change the extreme um weather is well it's becoming more extreme and it's the preparedness of our abilities to to respond to these and you know, the age was unprecedented but we're seeing more and more unprecedented flooding those types of disasters globally so it's how do we prepare and respond to those sorts of things and um you know, adam mentioned the um diesel disaster deployment kits you know that's one great thing that can be strategically placed globally and you know sent wherever needed but you know there's other um information and um, better information on from satellite imagery we can get better weather reporting how do we couple that with our with our systems and tools to get a little bit of a heads up if we got 24 48 hours of weight rainfall what's the weather pattern looking like it's it's coupling, it's multifaceted. Coupling, you know, all our knowledge areas globally to sort of, okay, we know this is coming, we know it's going to happen. Be prepared, and um, some things it is twenty four forty eight hours. Um, you would have that amount of time, but the things like Adam's talking about the disaster kits, getting municipals through the world to have a strategy in place, and that's something I think Xylem can really support and help with we know how to solve water and help these countries regions municipals get ready for for these events we know they're coming so there's kind of no excuse in a way so i think that's right right it's the thing i like i feel very passionate about you know we we typically call planning for or preparedness response or preparedness for disaster response we call that contingency planning but I feel very passionate about calling it resilience planning because it doesn't feel like there's all that many rare occurrences anymore. And I think, you know, just to add to what you were saying, Simon, I think just generally speaking, it sounds like the FST, sorry, I I use the acronym, the field smart technology um, on the equipment in the area, not just in Liège, but the fact that you had that available and ready to go and that was already being used really helped in this situation. Absolutely. And um, it's it's a technology that we're seeing more and more people use, the benefits of that, not just for disaster response. And it's technology that can be applied to to any pump. So it's on our diesel pumps, it's on our electric pumps. You can use it standalone. So it gives you that insight of what is happening locally. And, you know, it's about that data that's coming through 
we can see if uh, a motor, electric motor, an engine, how it's operating, is it is something going wrong? Is it pumping water properly? We can get out there and respond quickly. We can see that remotely. So we're going out on site. And the critical thing for people is that our pumps are used in critical situations and no one needs sewage being spilled on a sewer bypass, it's in flood responses. It's making sure those pumps don't stop. That that's really what the the digital it, it is about mm-hmm. uh, is risk absolutely well um i could talk about this all day and i think it would be great like i said to have you come back on the show at some point and talk more about the diesel packages the response packages that you mentioned earlier but i have a question for you both it's a question i ask every solving water guest at the end of the episode and that is what's the most important thing you've learned in the water business so far so adam we'll start with you yeah tough question yeah hard one to to, to answer um, I feel like water and the water sector is, is having its day uh, at the moment. I think um, I think finally the message is sinking in. You know, uh, according to Sendai framework, yeah, every dollar of of money spent in resilience can save us seven dollars in economic effect, and we're seeing this message come through here in in Europe and and, and all around the world. And uh, for that reason, we're we're getting a lot more calls and a lot more um, should we say callbacks. From from our customers on uh, on water reuse and uh, this this I think is is something I've I've been learning a lot about recently and and the true impact of water reuse and how it's going to be pivotal moving forward as as we navigate um, these these murky waters of of climate change. This is over the last four years whilst I've been with Zalem, you know know about water the impact it has and how it gives life to us all on on the planet. But really being with Xylem, you I experience that much more finely, acutely, uh, closely. But I see the, the passion that everyone has for water and uh, it, it's evident why. And it, it breathes life for our crops. Um, it brings disaster. Um, it helps us. You know, we, we want to move to a greener, sustainable economy. It, it helps with our, our, our mining and making that safe. Um, it, it Water is everywhere. Um, it's a bit cliched, I know, but it, but it's uh, so, so important, a resource. It's so scarce as well. And um, I'm trying to remember the fact here that uh, of all the water on the earth, I think, is it only 1%, 1% is, is perhaps uh, potable or drinkable? Uh, and, and that's uh, phenomenal. Um, there's so many parts of the world that don't have clean, drinkable water. And uh, yeah. It's been with Zylem, I recognise that passion for water and, and really brings home the, the the nature of the benefits and impact of having it or not having it. It's not cliche. I mean, I think we've had some answers along those lines uh, over the years here at Solving Water. And um, you're absolutely right, both of you, that water is just essential and it's great to be working with Xylem to be able to help. Okay, so Adam, Simon, thank you so much for joining me on Solving Water today. Uh, The more interviews I do about flooding, uh, the more I'm seeing that each situation is different and that there are various ways to use Xylem technologies as part of our recovery efforts. More info about FieldSmart technology and Xylem's disaster response is included in the show notes. I'd also like to thank our listeners for being here. And of course, please contact me at amanda.holloway at xylem.com 
or on LinkedIn to share your thoughts on the show or to recommend the next Solving Water topic. Thanks again for being here.